This episode of The Moms Network is brought to you in part by DuPage Medical Group. We care for you. Welcome to the Moms Network, a talk show focused on moms, kids, and family. Today, Erica, Lindsay, and I are joined by two guests, local mom, Tess Cazzo, and expert, Dr. Katherine Gordon, an OBGYN from DuPage Medical Group, to discuss the topic of family planning. For some moms, family planning goes just as well planned. For others, <laughs> it can be a challenging time filled with many ups and downs. Dr. Gordon, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you chose your field? Yeah, um, I'm an OBGYN in DuPage Medical Group in Naperville, and I chose this field because I enjoy working with women in many different ways. Um, as OBGYNs, we're lucky because we get to take care of patients in an office setting, but then, of course, deliver babies and do women's surgery. So it's very comprehensive throughout the woman's life. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been in practice? I've been here in Naperville for four years. Okay. What's like the best part of your job? <laughs> well, probably delivering the babies, although it depends on what time of day. <laughs> um, and then I think just the bond that you make with your patients okay. is so special. I can imagine that. It really, really is. I can imagine, especially during that phase of life. But how, how did you all plan your family as far as timing of when you decided to have kids? Um, so I didn't get married until I was close to 29. Okay. I was just a couple months shy. So, you know, there was that pressure of, gosh darn it, why did we meet each other so late in life? <laughs> um, yet not late in life. And, you know, he was in graduate school, so he had just started a graduate school program. I was teaching full time, but then there was sort of that, like, you see all around you people struggling, right? Mm -hmm. So I've had, I had a couple of friends go through IVF. Mm -hmm. Well, what if that's us? So now the timeline goes longer and longer, so let's start. Um, we did not have to go through IVF, but it did take us almost a full year, 11 wow. months. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, our doctor said, you're you know, 31, we won't test you until you've tried a year. So sure enough, month 11, you know, <laughs> there we were. It was a lot quicker for my son when I was 35 the second time around. So for us, it was just the simple timing of when I met my partner, yeah. you know, and then yeah. feeling a little bit of the pressure to rock and roll <laughs> in case things did not go according to plan. I kind of had this stuck in my head that I wanted to be done having kids before I was 30. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why. I just made that up. There was no rhyme or reason to it. I just kind of always told myself that. So my husband and I met. I was in my early to mid-20s. Mm -hmm. And um, we were married in May of 2014. Our daughter was born in July of 2015. So thankfully, okay. it was it was um, easy for us, which I'm very thankful for. I have a lot of really good friends, like Erica mentioned. Um, that have struggled and that just breaks my heart. I'm thankful that it was a little bit easier for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, we we planned them, you know, as best we could two-ish, we ended up two and a half years apart. Um, I had a lot of friends that were um, pregnant after me and pregnant again the second time before me, 14, 15, 16 months apart. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had absolutely no desire <laughs> to be pregnant with an infant mm -hmm. and then have a newborn with 
you know, a yeah. very young toddler. I just couldn't imagine that. And so we aimed for that two, two and a half years apart. So mm -hmm. our kids are two and a half years apart and we like it. Mm -hmm. I always, um, when I meet people out and about it, um, you know, out in the community and I see kids that are the same age as mine, I think to myself like, oh, you know, how do you like the age difference? How far apart are they? You know, people who have a girl first and then a boy, I ask if they're friends. You know, friends with each other right. because they're two and a half years instead of that, you know, one less than yeah one you know two years apart and so um, it's kind of fun to picture like what our family's going to be like as our kids grow up yeah. and kind of think about that it's Very a good distance for us it mm -hmm. works for us yeah. how about you Tess um, family planning did not come easy for my husband and I um, mm -hmm. we chose to wait a while just because we weren't ready and we were enjoying being together and yeah. being married mm -hmm. and when we decided to have a family um, it wasn't happening Okay. And we were older, of course, at the same time, so battling Mother, mother Nature and um, just it wasn't working. And we went to a specialist and we were told we had less than 1% chance mm -hmm. to have a baby without mm -hmm. medical assistance. Okay. So we were referred to IVF immediately. And if we chose to go with IVF, we would have up to about a 65% chance mm -hmm. of conceiving. And um, my story is, is um, my son, Ferris, was born. He is my last embryo. Um, mm, wow. We ended up having um, seven eggs that were pulled and that were fertilized. And um, after genetic testing, we ended up with two. Oh, my first transfer was a miscarriage. And my second transfer, my last embryo, is my son today. Jeez. Oh, wow. You know, it's there's so many different ways people become families. I know in our next segment we're going to talk about infertility a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it is amazing how, for some people, they, they don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. And then some people really, really struggle. Um, I know in my own practice, I see moms to be that want to become parents and um, and they go through you know three four five six months and mm -hmm. and I know how frustrating it is it's like this should just work like right. you know um, and it always seems to work for <laughs> like I taught high school so I had a lot of students who were pregnant right as I was you know 31 yeah. struggling to get pregnant and so mm -hmm. you're you're there going yes yeah. You know, you're 15 and 16, and oops, mm -hmm. it happened. And you mm -hmm. know, you have someone happily married and with two secure right. <laughs> right. careers, and right. it's not happening. Right. And you right. wonder what is the grand plan up there. Yeah. Right. What do you, you know? see in your practice as far as um, age ranges for mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. moms are wanting to get pregnant? Do you see it being a little bit younger with the understanding that as you get older, it does get easier or um, get get harder? Definitely a trend towards patients being older. And okay. I think that's oh, the older, trend okay. nationally. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, women are delaying pregnancy for their careers, um, you know, getting married later. So um, it, it definitely does bring up more of these fertility questions. Sure. What's the optimal age for getting pregnant? Um, that's a tough question. I don't know <laughs> if I could say optimal age. Because I'm, sure, I would imagine that's a balance of social situation, sure. um, your actual body, health. I will say definitely our physiology and our our natural reproductive tendencies don't tend to line up with what we socially mm -hmm. want these right. days. A lot earlier that your body kind of is set up for yeah. getting pregnant a little bit easier. Some cutoffs that most like fertility experts will say is that um, around age 33 is when we start to see that decline in fertility when things okay. seem to start to get harder. Um, 37 is when it really gets harder okay. to get pregnant. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
And what about spacing? I know, Lindsay, you said yours are two and a half years. Mm -hmm. My, I was six months, or my first son was six months old when I got pregnant. And so they were like 14 wow. months yep. apart. Yeah. We were kind of like, Christopher, you learned how to walk, you get a baby brother. Uh -huh. you know? <laughs> and, and I remember like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And I was still nursing um, part-time. And so when Nick was born, I was still like night nursing Christopher and then being a divorced mom, like trying to go to a museum or trying to go anywhere with two kids <laughs> that close together. Like you don't have like a four-year-old that mm -hmm. can really listen. So what do you find in your practice as far as spacing of... Yeah. Um, so definitely there are some recommendations on this. There's some literature. Um, in general, the recommendation is to try to space your pregnancies, which would mean the interval between the birth of your baby and conceiving the next baby to a minimum of 18 months. Okay. Yep. The ideal interval is 18 to 24 months. Um, <laughs> ding, 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 you did it. <laughs> so it's yeah. actually interesting that we see an increased risk of pregnancy complications, both for the, both for the infant and the mother, mm. when women get pregnant sooner than that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a spectrum. Um, the highest risk is when you get pregnant six months or less after the child is born. Yeah. Um, a lot of risks seem to go down at 12 months, but 18 seems to be the safest. And so that's actually what's recommended by organizations like the World Health Organization, um, Healthy People, the Government um, uh, Project. Okay. So, but it's hard because again, as women are getting older as they get pregnant, they feel like they can't take that time. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so you may ask, what are the risks that are involved? Just briefly, um, closely, closer spaced pregnancies, we see a slight increased risk of preterm labor okay. and preterm mm -hmm. birth, both for indications like high blood pressure and diabetes um, and spontaneous preterm labor. Okay. Um, and then we see an increased risk of maternal complications like bleeding. Finally, an increased risk of low birth weight in the babies. Okay. Having said that, it's not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also want to touch on birth control. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was shocked. I always used a diaphragm. <laughs> I, I just did through my pregnancy, throwback. and apparently I was like the dinosaur throwback. of birth yeah. control. Yeah, yeah. throwback. Vinch it, have Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> I, I remember, like, I went back you know, a couple years ago to go get a new one. Mm -hmm. And they looked at me like I had three heads. Yes. And finally, she's like, okay, well, I'll prescribe it. And I went to the, I went to like three pharmacies. They're like, we don't carry that anymore. They actually don't make them anymore. Really? So I was frustrated because it was, an, for me, a non-hormone. I don't love being on yeah. the hormones. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of a pain in the neck. But yeah. it, it, so what is the most common now? Um, overall, I'd say the birth control pill and the IUD. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or vasectomy. Yay, well, vasectomy. Yeah, vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The IUDs are becoming a lot more popular. Um, okay. You guys are probably aware that they've made a couple IUDs that are designed for young women who haven't had babies before, which is increasing the popularity. Okay, and what's ah. the difference between... Mm -hmm. Like, it's just smaller. Oh, okay. It fits into a little uterus. You haven't had a head <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh Women as young as 15, 16 can get these IUDs if they've never had a pregnancy, and it's safe. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Cool. And is that a surgical procedure, an inpatient? Great question. It's an office procedure. It is. It's okay. kind of similar to your pap smear. Um, a little bit more uncomfortable, but the uncomfortable part is about 15 seconds. Mm. And they last for a number of years, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so the most popular IUD for young women right now is called Kylina. It lasts for five years, but it's okay. reversible. So if people don't like it, if they want to get pregnant, take it out anytime. You can take it out anytime. Mm -hmm. For women who have had babies, there's two options. Mirena lasts for five years and Paragard is for 10. 
Mm -hmm. And if someone that does not have children gets that and they have it removed, is there a longer period of time that normally they take to get pregnant because of the hormones? That's or? a great question. No. Okay. Um, the One of the IUDs has no hormones. That's the Paragard, the 10-year oh, okay. IUD. Okay. The little IUD and the Mirena have a hormone in them, but the hormones should go out of your blood within about 24 hours of removal. Hmm. We don't see any impacts on fertility once it's removed. That's Which is different than the pill, correct? Um, so actually, it, it no. No? Okay. Same thing. When you stop a birth control pill, the hormones should go out of your blood within about 24 hours. Okay. And you're, if your ovaries are going to do what they're going to do, they should start to make a follicle and, and ovulate right away. Hmm. Okay. So I think when you hear about women who go off the pill and have an issue getting pregnant, the issue is probably more that the pill was masking any natural pathology that they had with their menstrual cycle because the pill artificially gives you a period every month. Right. But right. they okay. probably had something underlying. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and at what age are you not concerned about pregnancy anymore? Is it just after menopause for a period of time? Yeah. Technically, you cannot officially be sure that you're not going to get pregnant and you don't need contraception <laughs> until you're menopausal. The official definition is no period for a year. Okay. Well, so okay. we got to think got, about got it. got a couple babies with moms that are like 57, yeah. right? <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> you see? comes into play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, on that note, we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming. It's a pleasure. Every woman's journey to motherhood is different. Having a great support system and knowledgeable doctor on your side is always helpful. Thank you, Tess and Dr. Gordon, for joining us today. We'll be right back with more of the Moms Network. Stay tuned. This episode of the Moms Network is brought to you in part by DuPage Medical Group. We care for you. Of course, only real men finish the rustler. And breathe. I thought you said this was an intro class. Some situations in life call for a little sage advice, which is why we're physician-owned and led. DuPage Medical Group, we care for you. This episode of the Moms Network is brought to you in part by DuPage Medical Group. We care for you. Welcome back to the Moms Network. Our next guest is Dr. Mei-Su Lee, another OBGYN from DuPage Medical Group. As we continue the discussion of family planning, we shift to the topic of fertility. We all wish that every couple that would like to have a baby has an easy time conceiving, but this just isn't the case. Dr. Lee, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into your field? Oh, sure. So, um, OBGYN, a physician out of DuPage Medical Group. I've been in practice for just about 19 years now, oh, wow. and I practice, and we deliver out of Edward Hospital. Okay. Um, I went into this field because I love taking care of women from as early as before their first cycle till beyond their last one, and just getting them through that, that, that all those years. <laughs> <laughs> Which there's so so many different ups and yes, downs within those yes, years. Absolutely. Now, do you specialize in fertility as well, or do you just see a lot of people that are struggling? I do the latter. I do see many women. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know for myself, um, 
fertility, infertility was something I didn't struggle with. Um, we got pregnant very quickly, um, and we were we were younger. We were 27, 28 when we were trying mm -hmm. to conceive, um, so we felt fortunate in that way. Um, for Tess, I know that that was not your story, and that was yeah. not how things went when you were looking to start a family. Can you tell us a little more about your journey? Sure. Um, so when my husband and I decided we wanted to start a family, we were excited and kept it to ourselves, and we had this beautiful idea, like this is going to happen right away. There weren't that many problems on um, either side of our, our parents having us, mm -hmm. and so you know, months go by and nothing happens. And then a year goes by and still nothing happens. And for us, again, we were into our mid thirties by this point and we're told to come on in and we'll take a look. And um, as I said before, we had less than a 1% chance to conceive naturally. And um, that was tough to swallow because yeah. never, again, being a mom before and now I'm trying to have a baby and I'm being told that I can't without some additional assistance and going into what would that be. Um, and when we were referred to IVF, um, we found out there were problems on both sides. So we agreed this wasn't a blame game. Um, we looked at each other and said, what is the best chance to have a family? Would that be to have a baby um, conceived? Would that be to adopt? And my husband and I were going to find a way to have a baby. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't about having a big family. It, if that was in our cards, then that would be wonderful, but it was just, can we have a baby? Um, and we decided to go with IVF. And quite honestly, um, as a, a woman, I had no idea what IVF was. I literally, when I left the doctor and we looked at our notes, I had to go home and Google what it was because yeah. I didn't know. And no one I knew had gone through it. Um, and so we made this decision. We were going to do this and we were going to do this once because mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially, that was all that we could handle. Yeah, I bet. Um, and there were surgeries involved there. Um, you know, there's a, it's a risk. I say it's your biggest, biggest gamble, IVF, because you don't know what's going to happen. You may want to have one baby, but you end up having five frozen embryos left. And so, again, we were rolling with this and we didn't know what would happen. Our story is that we had seven eggs pulled. We had seven eggs successfully fertilized. We chose to go through genetic testing. Mm -hmm. That was our choice. Again, um, our doctor was looking to provide a healthy pregnancy. He is not in the business to have multiple pregnancies. It's to keep the woman healthy and have a baby. So um, to give me the best shot, we went through genetic testing and we ended up having three embryos sent out. One was discarded. One came back positive to be transferred. And one actually came back with no result. And we were asked, would you like to have this retested? Um, it's up to you. So in the meantime, I went and had that positive embryo test um, transferred and I had that other embryo retested. And the positive embryo took, but then I had a miscarriage. And in the process of that, I found out that that embryo I had sent back to be retested after it was frozen, thawed, rebiopsied, refrozen, <laughs> it came out to be positive to transfer. And after my body healed from the uh, miscarriage and we let our family in on what was going on mm -hmm. and we went back in and treated this whole situation of that second and final transfer different knowing that this was the end of the road for IVF for us. If this didn't work, we were gonna look at something else. Um, 
in the world of IVF, HCG is a fantastic little acronym that we follow, and it's the pregnancy blood test to, to find out you know, if you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. That's for us, that's your peeing on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Those HCG numbers are what get your heart palpitating, and um, that final embryo, it just kept climbing and climbing, and you know, we graduated from IVF in the terms of the IVF world. You graduate and you move on to quote unquote, you know, a normal doctor, and you actually feel like now you've entered into pregnancy because this was all just that trying to get there. For other people, yeah. it's a passionate night. For us, it's yeah. all of these pricks and probes and yeah. blood tests till your arm turns green, but. Um, Honestly, it's bringing me here to talk about it with you and share this story. And there's so many women and men um, that are going through this that don't have that voice. And I feel that that was what was meant to be. And I am the proud mother of a 17-month-old son now. So, well, congratulations. Thank you. I, you know, again, because I didn't go through that, and I think Erica, you said it took you 11 months mm -hmm. to conceive. How about you? Were we were? It was easy for us. It was, it was within that okay. first second month, the first time, and then the third or fourth month, the second time for okay. our son. You know, um, at my chiropractic practice, I see many women, and it, like my heart aches for them. Um, and we've had some patients that's taken five, six years right. to conceive, um, and then when they do, it's just. Yes. They come in and they're like, I get to tell you first because you're my doctor, you know? And they're like, don't yeah. tell anyone because we haven't even told our parents yet. <laughs> um, and, and it's just, I, we cry, I cry, they cry, there's lots of tissues involved. Um, but Dr. Lee, how, how do you find the percentages of women that are able to easily get pregnant versus those that struggle? Well, and I know that's a big question. Right. <laughs> In general, um, a healthy couple within one year of trying, most couples will conceive within the first year of trying. So okay. we define it, you know, infertility as one year of trying and not getting mm -hmm. pregnant. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when um, you get to a place after that year, is it a direct referral to a an infertility or fertility specialist? Well, I think that depends. You know, I had mentioned, you know, for the average couple, it's within a year. But obviously, when um, women are coming in to, for their annual visits, we're always looking at fertility issues or discussing fertility issues and family planning. So okay. there are some women who we might refer earlier, some women who we're talking about a couple years down the road, but you know, we're still addressing it. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. for certain patients, we may have already had that discussion where when you're ready to start trying, because we know some of your medical conditions, let's say three months, let's mm -hmm. say six months. Okay. Um, the older woman who I've known over the years and is finally ready to make that leap. Um, we'll talk about, well, let's do three months or four or six months instead. Sure. Because time is so crucial. For mm -hmm. sure, for sure. Is there any truth to, you know, a lot of times when you're trying, people say you need to relax. Once you forget about it, it'll be fine. Is there any, I mean, obviously, if you're gonna struggle, you're gonna struggle physiologically. Mm -hmm. But is there any truth to stress on the body and allowing them to get pregnant? I think it's so hard to measure stress for one. Right, yeah. right, right. But I imagine you know there are different kinds of stress. There's physical stress. There's emotional stress, mm -hmm. and stress can affect ovulation. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if it's impacting right. your your ovulation, then it can make it a little harder. I, and I say that because, and this could be again, everything is a, a gamble, and and you never know. Mm -hmm. But it was funny because when you are planning, you know, on your apps and everything, right. if I get pregnant this month, this is right. when the baby. Right. Well, Let's go upstairs right now. The month, <laughs> <laughs> the month that I got pregnant was the month they said, you know what, it's been 10 months, let's just take a break. Anyway,
anyway, if we got pregnant this month, she'd be due on Christmas. Oh, what a pain. Your birthday is Christmas. Can we just please take this month off like I need a break? Right. You know, that, that story, right? Her due date was the 20th. We hear that a lot. So, for me, I'm like, is that truly because I let go that month and my body was able to, or is that just totally in my head and not backed up by anything? I don't know. I think it's hard to measure. It's hard yeah. to measure stress, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I know with, with my patients, um, they're really looking at doing anything they can, sometimes in a more natural way, right? Trying acupuncture, trying chiropractic, trying um, meditation, trying decreasing stress. Um, and uh, are there specific things that you recommend to your patients that are in that beginning phase? Maybe it hasn't happened month two, three, four, um, that you're asking them to do to take care of their body in a different way to try to facilitate a pregnancy? I think we're always trying to lead a healthier life so we yeah. should be doing that all the time but definitely you know you want to make sure you're eating a well-balanced diet mm -hmm. cutting out alcohol right. you know not smoking starting up a prenatal vitamin yep. and I think um, with some of the Zika precautions out there being cautious mm. about where you want to travel mm. for the, right. the year that you're thinking of trying to get pregnant right. okay because that can Before actually affect countries. you getting pregnant or the actual pregnancy that is more of an issue of uh, we're concerned about being infected with the Zika virus okay. if you've traveled there. Yep, and that and that will affect the fetus trend. Okay. All when right. I was pregnant with our daughter, once we found out we were pregnant, I am notoriously a horrible picky eater. I love sugar, <laughs> and I changed everything at the beginning. I was so excited to be pregnant, and so I think it's really interesting how what that little baby can do mm -hmm. to change to your lifestyle you. to motivate you mm -hmm. to be healthier and 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 make sure that you do everything that you can to take care of. Take care of baby. Yeah. What did you do when once um, you knew you were having a viable pregnancy? Um, was that a very stressful time throughout the entire time? I have to say, um, I'm a planner. Anyone who knows me, I do everything 110%, and I am the hardest critic of myself. <laughs> so the moment that my husband Dan and I decided we were trying, I did everything as if I were pregnant, but I didn't mm. tell family. I just, yeah. I cut everything out that you wouldn't have, and I took prenatal. And so I was in a year and a half by the time we started actual transfers of our embryo in this pregnancy mindset of my body, yeah. um, just trying to get myself there. And so when we finally had a positive pregnancy with my son, Ferris, um, I was already so ingrained in it that it was just, it was natural. It was my way of life. I had been doing this now mm -hmm. for almost two years. So mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a really a change, but at the same time, it was just kind of a reminder, you know, hey, little baby, I've wanted you so much. I've been prepping myself for so long. And, you know, whatever I need to keep doing for you to make sure you get into my arms, I'm just going to keep doing. Yeah. Yep. Um, we just have a little more time. Mm -hmm. um, what would you recommend to a mom that is struggling getting pregnant? Um, what, what would be just a, a quick uh, statement about how you feel about your journey and what you would suggest to an, a mom? I would suggest um, that there are so many organizations and there are so many social network groups out there and there are many holistic fertility and then there's a lot of um, hardcore medicine and books and whatnot about fertility out there to be open about it and not be embarrassed. Um, I'm a very private person when it comes to my personal life and so my husband and I chose to keep this private. We weren't the type that wanted to say we were trying, we were trying. The vision of my family maybe thinking, what does that mean by you're trying? What are you doing? You know, there wasn't something I wanted to entertain. Um, but 
looking back, it's okay to come forward and say, I'm having a hard time, or I've had five miscarriages, yeah. or um, the IUI didn't work, what is IVF like, or I just don't think I can do this, or I was pregnant and now I can't get pregnant again, and there's the whole secondary infertility, and talking, and men too. Um, this is obviously a lot on the women's body, but for a man to come forward and say, I can't get my wife pregnant, or I can't if get you know my husband and I we cannot have a baby. Um, whatever your life situation is, um, it's not something to be embarrassed about. And so many groups out there um, are understanding. This is a one in eight um, couples percentage that go through infertility. So yeah. that's a lot of people out there I think experiencing. The more we it. talk about it too, the more normal you feel. You felt so alone when you were going right. through it the first time because you thought it was just you or there's yep. something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, you didn't want to play the blame game with Dan, um, which is wonderful that you guys did do that. But you know, the shame that you can feel, whether mm -hmm. it is one person's fault, it's not right. anyone's fault, but right. you know, um, navigating those things in your own mind alone is very, very lonely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think talking about it and um, whether it's miscarriage, whether it's infertility, all those, um, it just helps everyone around us. Yeah. And yeah. Making it feel so thank alone. you so much for sharing thank and you. thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Fertility can be a very difficult topic, but I am thankful for the great conversation we had today and for all of the options available for parents to be. Thank you, Dr. Lee, for joining us today and thank you for watching the Moms Network. Remember, you are always invited. Thank you. This episode of The Moms Network is brought to you in part by DuPage Medical Group. We care for you.